0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast. Um, you are going to hear this same introduction again in about a minute, um, but I needed to record a new one So, funny story, Uh, Jeremy and I got done with our recording, and while it was happening, uh, Austin Rivers was traded to the Knicks, which uh, then prompted me to uh, go back and record another intro, um, which I have subsequently tossed in the garbage, because since then... The Knicks have made yet another trade, acquiring Omari Spellman and Jacob Evans, along with another second round pick for um, Ed Davis uh, to uh, Minnesota. Uh, so the reason I am recording this intro uh, is to let you know that there's a reason we did not discuss the uh, or we were speaking on the podcast as if none of these moves had happened. And that's because uh, they hadn't happened, although. As you'll find out soon enough, uh, the River's news broke while we were recording the pod and uh, could not have happened at a funnier moment. Um, so I'll, I'll leave you in anticipation of that. In any case, uh, this is, yeah, the second intro I'm recording so, and hopefully the last. And uh, with that, here is me and Jeremy. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast. Um, We are recording this on, let's get the time exact in case something happens afterwards and we don't don't talk about it. Sunday night at 5.09 p.m. right now. Uh, Coming at you on a Monday, as always. Joined by the man who has somehow been talking about basketball when there is no basketball to talk about with me for the last nine months. We have made it. I'm not sure if we're happy with where we've
1: arrived for myriad reasons, but Jeremy Cohen, uh, how are you, sir? Tired. This week as fun as this week has been, it has been a blast, it is also exhausting. Like the as I'm sure yeah. a lot of you also feel, the idea of just having your eyes glued to your phone or your, your screen waiting for the next woje bomb or I guess sham wow, whatever you want to call it, Haynes nuke anything it's and just Luke, like, like it's that. fun but it's just like it's very exhausting to have to continuously look and update and um but again i mean you live for this stuff right we're not we're just fans and, and we've been waiting for this type of build-up for like nine months i guess so um 200 and um it is so to, it's t- today
0: i think marks 257 days since the league shut down yeah yeah so I, I actually I actually um <laughs> this is absurd on Friday night. I got to the point of exhaustion where I could not keep my eyes open anymore. And I was waiting for it felt like there was going to be another move or two. It was about it was midnight. And so I put my head on the pillow with both hands clasped around either side of my phone with the hope that a vibration or, cause I, I keep, you know, all the big ones on note on uh, notification would wake me and I would know that's how sick, that's how sick in the head I am, Jeremy. But, and I think I woke up at 3am and saw, I forget what, there was a late night move on Friday, but it's all, it's all cloudy at this point. I don't remember what yeah. it was, but. Um, Yeah, man, it's been tiring, but it's been, I don't know. There's some some different adjectives I could use, but let's I have a little I have a little something I want to say. But before I do, I'll turn it over to you. And I guess if is there a word or a couple words or a sentence or whatever, and obviously elaborate as much as you want that describe how you have felt
1: about everything so far. The first word that comes to my mind is honestly incomplete. I'd say that I felt generally okay. with the moves um i'd say maybe it feels like a bit of a b but it's hard for me to you know i I just have trouble because everything needs to tie in together and right now we're looking at a team that has over 20 million dollars in cap space and some people could say like all right well clearly that's just you know you had nine months to prepare for this and this is what you're left with and then there's also the possibility of there's just may not be things that have come together but but they're in the, in the works. And there's a reason why the Knicks haven't gotten to that point. And we'll get into all of that. But it's just, um, you know, there are a couple of the signings that I really like. There's a signing that I'm not a huge fan of and I, everything in between. But I just, it's hard to look at this roster knowing that it's not a completed work. Like a lot of, I mean, you, you could look at probably 20, I guess. All right, let's call it 28 rosters, right? Sure. Because we're still trying to decide, I guess 27 because of the Hawks and the Kings and Bogdanovich, but the Knicks are the only ones that have a glaring hole, both financially and in terms of at the point guard position. So it's just hard to rate it. But if I had to rate it, I'd say it's fine. It's average. You know, I was thinking a lot of um, what we went through last week with the presentation. And as of right now, you know, a lot of the goals that I had are still intact. There aren't these albatross contracts. Um, You're looking at more assets coming in than you are sending out. You're looking at an infusion of youth and a focus on players. I mean, eight of the 14 players on the team right now are 23 years or younger. It's crazy. So, you know, it, it feels like there's just that one finishing move that needs to be done, but we're just not there yet. So that's kind of where I'm at right now.
0: Yeah, um, I think that's fair um, in regards to it's incomplete right now. I, I mean, I, I could just tell you, you know, from a little I, I, I don't I don't feel comfortable putting anything else, if anything particular out there, because it's just there's so much misinformation flying around. But um, they, there's definitely still stuff that they're attempting to do behind the scenes um, to upgrade, um, I think, in particular, the uh, well, I don't know, point guard um they're trying to get more you know so so, such that alfred payton is not the one running the show next year um or at least is not the the starter in any case um i just want to i have to say this because i would be i was actually originally going to come on here and and say something a little bit different um but i I can't because that would be disingenuous i am honestly kind of disappointed in us as a fan base and here's why. Um, if we are being honest, and I think, why shouldn't we not be honest, right? We have to look at the fact that no one wants to be here in New York playing for the Knicks right now. Um, it is obvious um, and we could, you know, we could get into the reasons for that. I think the most obvious reason is there's a bad team here and anyone that could have come here, whether it was Fred Van Fleet or Gordon Hayward, it's like you they would still be a bad team, even if that person came. And nobody wants to come play for the Knicks with the attention that they get um, if they're bad, because it sucks to play for the Knicks in New York. I don't care if there are no fans in the stands when they're bad. Um, I, I think they're, you know, and I think that can be tough to accept. But the alternative is you go out and you pay guys 33, 50, 75% more than they're worth. And I like we did that last summer. We, we went and got it's still it's absurd to say got Bobby Portis for 15. We paid Bobby Portis 15 million American dollars. That happened, Jeremy, right? I didn't imagine that. That happened that happened. That was a real thing that happened. Like Julius Randall, people want to talk about like the contract that Julius, Oh, it's not that bad of a contract it's fair. Go look around at what other non-shooting non rim protecting bigs who are better defensively than Julius Randall got over the last four days. Go look at those contracts. And um, it's just like the people that are going to come here, if they're going to come here, they're going to, they're, you know, they're going to come here on overpays. So like, I get you're upset and I and you, I shouldn't even say you're upset. I get that you're less than pleased with Alfred Payton as like the point guard here. And I get a lot of people are upset at that. I'm upset at it. You know why? Because I had to watch Alfred Payton last year and he wasn't particularly fun to watch. And when the team was on the floor with him, they were frustrating. And I totally hear that. And I totally get it. And I remember I didn't get amnesia. Right. I, I remember that that happened. Um, but the sad fact is that he was the best point guard willing to come here and take our money to play this year. Um, unless you, I mean, like, I, could DJ Augustine have taken, goodness, I don't know, what do you want, three years, $30 million? Do you want to pay DJ Augustine three years, $30 million, Jeremy? I do not. Not so much, Right. Um, Shabazz Napier is that that's that's what that's what's getting your blood flow out there Knicks fans Shabazz Napier go look at his uh, on off splits over the course of his career um, for the minutes that he played he has not necessarily been a guy who stayed on the court all that much anyway um, I, I get all that but it's it's not about Alfred Payton necessarily it's like they needed to go out and act responsibly they needed to give the fan base me personally the belief that they were not going to be pressured into doing something ridiculously stupid and through five days after a lot of people for a lot of the last nine months have been jumping up and down worrying leon rose Why would Leon Rose come here if not to bring stars to this organization? They don't have a comprehensive plan. All of these development people, they're for show. It's all nonsense. It's all BS. (laughs) They went out and they like acquired Ed Davis for two future second round picks. And then they like maneuvered on draft night. They traded for a future second. They're in it on JaVale McGee right at press time, whether who knows what happens with that. They haven't gone and traded for Russell Rusbrook. They didn't pay Gordon Hayward four years and $120 million. They didn't do any of those things. They made moves around the margins. They did what I personally, as a fan, have been begging them to do for essentially the last 20 years. And they didn't. And, and, and I don't want to hear, I'm going to write about it for, for today's newsletter because it's coming at you on Monday, but like you can't compare this to last offseason when they, when they paid guys two and three times more than they were worth, and more importantly, when they got out and went out and got guys who were completely the worst fits with the players that they had, who need the ball in their hands and need guys who are going to complement that. You don't bring in a Bobby Portis or a Marcus Morris or Julius Randle if you're trying to foster the development of a Kevin Knox and R.J. Barrett You don't do that. Um, Is Alfred Payton great? No, of course, Alfred Payton's not great. This isn't about Alfred Payton being great. And I'm sorry for everybody who's like, well, why'd you have to bring in anyone? Run Frank and DSJ out there at the point guard position. Folks, (laughs) there is no easier way. I'm almost done. I promise. There is no easier way to make the players on your roster absolutely despondent about what you are doing as an organization than putting them out with a point guard who can't play point guard. And look, I love Frank Milikina. I, I want to believe in Frank Milikina. I, lo- I think Dennis Smith Jr. deserves some modicum of belief in him. These are still young players. They could grow the notion that it would have been a responsible decision to go into next season with those two people at the point guard position and nothing else is lunacy. I'm sorry. It's lunacy. They needed to bring in someone who could run a competent offense. And I'm not going to sit here and quote statistics about how many points per hundred possessions the Knicks scored when Alfred Payton was on the floor with Mitchell Robinson or when he was on the floor with Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle. And yes, even when he was on the floor with Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle and RJ Barrett, you can look them up folks. They're pretty damn good. Um, I get it's ugly and I get the spacing is not ideal. Well, guess fucking what beggars can't be choosers. I'm sorry, but that's how I feel. Um, and you know, if, and this is the last thing I'm gonna say, um, for fans who wonder why we hear the rumors about Russell Westbrook and John Wall and whoever else the fuck, this is why, this is why when you have people who have to run the organization and they look out and they see everybody and their mother being like either a, why didn't the Knicks do anything or B, this is all the Knicks did. They just have to act like a normal goddamn organization for once in their lives. And I'm sorry if Alfred Payton made you get in your feelings about their offseason. I really do apologize for that. But for fuck's sake, sack up and accept the fact that this is where this organization is at right now. Blame whoever you want. There's a lot of people to go around to blame. Some of them are still there. I hope they lose their job soon. I um, don't have to guess to, who, to think who I'm talking about, um, but it, it's time to look in the mirror and realize where this thing is at. And where this thing is at is ground floor, basement. Um, they need to operate like this to get back to a place where hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, they can develop talent, turn these draft assets into something, turn this flexibility into something. Again, this was the easy part. That's the worst part. It's like people are complaining about this. This was the easy part. This was the bare minimum. Now comes the hard part. Can they do it? We'll see. I don't know. But the last five days have given me encouragement. That's it. I'm sorry. I I don't think I've had maybe, what, five rants like that in the history of the show. And I felt like one was needed here. So.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I generally agree with what you're saying. I. Yes. Obviously, this is a team that what went. 21 and 45 last year, something that sounds about right. It was not great. And this is a bad team. We knew that this was a bare bones roster that needs to be upgraded both through the draft and uh, clearing away a little bit in terms of, you know, players on the roster. I, I think though, and something to keep in mind though, is that it's also because there are just better teams out there. It doesn't have to be that. Oh my God, the Knicks are so bad that they can't attract anyone. It could be that, Hey, you know, DJ Augustine, he just got three years and $21 million to go for to the Bucks, Bucks. And that's a contending contender. team. Right. Yeah. You know, so if you're making $7 million versus, as you said, if it was like three for 30, right. Or however much it would have to be to make sure that you're paying a premium to steal him away, not from the magic, but now from the Bucks, that is a lot. And so for me, it was like, well, I, I mean, I, I wanted someone like a Killian Hayes to run the offense but, or at least be second. Obviously, I've talked about Mike Conley before. Yeah, but get, the idea, a, get a rookie in there. But the idea was, sure. okay, if you can't get, if you can't trade for a guard, if you can't get a rookie in there, and if you can't get someone like Fred Van Vliet, what is your fallback option? And for me, it felt like, okay, that would be DJ Augustine. That's a great pick. But after that, it felt like, who really is there? You know, I, I'm not sure who could be left from the scrap heap. And my big thing in terms of, I guess, if we, you know what? I, I really do feel like we should go more in, um, you know, quintessential order. Oh, not quintessential. But didn't, I blame on the word. You know what I'm saying? Let's start from the beginning and maybe we can work our way over to the end. But I'll say just with Alfred Payton, and I think we'll get back to him as well, because I, I would like to a little bit. And I'm we sure can talk about him me. now. I think it's as good a time right, to talk about him as anyone. Him. Let's talk about yeah. now. Um, my thing with Alfred Payton is this. You look at the the scrap heap that's available and I don't like the signing. I wasn't really going to be thrilled with any of the options. There, there were no good options. I, and yeah. I understand that people could say, well, you know, you've got Jeff Teague. Sure. Yeah. But here's the thing. Jeff Teague, he's 32 years old. He last year started and then was moved to the bench in Minnesota. And then he played backup for Shabazz Napier, who we'll talk about in a second. Yeah. Uh, and then he got traded to the Hawks and played backup to Trey Young. Now I can understand playing backup to Trey Young. He's an all-star. Yes. Back up to Shabazz Napier. Not great. And can you know, I just wait. say one more thing about Jeff Teague? Sure. Everybody's assuming Jeff
0: Teague wanted to come here because well, Tom Thibodeau's here. That's what I was just about to say. And I, I just and it's not just Jeff Teague. And I'm, I'm, I i promise you I am not saying this out of my ass. Assuming that any player in the league wants to come here. And this sucks to say I hate the fact that I have to say this, but that is not a safe assumption. You cannot assume that about anyone. So, yeah, I have to well, say that
1: again. There was the Indiana connection with Brad Stevens. They just lost Gordon Hayward. I think that plays a factor. I'm not saying what you're saying is incorrect. I'm just saying that it doesn't have to be just like, oh, well, the Knicks wanted to sign someone and he doesn't have to sign here. It could also be he wanted to sign somewhere else. Yeah. And for a guy like Jeff Teague, who has made his money before, again, he's 32 years old. He might say, well, if the backup job, for example, was the one offered to me in New York for... $5 million. And if the backup job offered to me in Boston is the rookie minimum, uh, which for him would be about 2.5 or so um, again, like I'm going to take 2.5 million less because I've already made my money to contend and to get that contention, because I just played for a terrible Hawks team and a terrible um, Minnesota Timberwolves team. And then I made one appearance in the playoffs. So maybe I want something more than just to potentially be someone's backup in New York. And that's yeah. totally fine. But the Berman report felt very vague to me. It wasn't that I didn't want to believe it. It's just the way that he phrased it, it, it yeah. didn't necessarily come off as like one party turned down the other. It, it, it didn't feel, it didn't feel certain. And it left me asking more questions than I started with. That's fine. Um, and, and, you know, that's just kind of the way it is. But then you move on to someone like Shibaz Napier and he, like, yes, obviously he makes someone like Alfred Payton look far worse. And Alfred Payton makes him look like a Steph Curry type, but we're talking about someone who has started 56 of a possible 345 games. Yeah, And, you know, if you want to talk about him being in a backup role, then sure. But to me, it just feels like we're talking about the devil, you know, versus the devil you don't. And because we've seen Alfred Payton, it's like, okay, well, we know we don't like that guy. We we really don't. And we want to go somewhere else, but there's something I was looking for and I found it. And it was really fascinating to me which is that, as we know, Alfred Payton and Julius Randle have been on the same team together for the past two seasons. They were in New York this past year, and the year before that, they were in New Orleans. This past season, Alfred Payton logged 1,246 minutes. Okay. Of those 1,246 minutes, a whopping 1,035 were flanked by Julius Randle. That's 83% of his time spent with Julius Randle. The season before that, he played 1,250 minutes. 802 were with Julius Randle. That's 64%. For yeah. context, R.J. Barrett played 1,704 minutes. Okay. He played 606 minutes with Mitchell Robinson. That's 35.5%. Yeah. it's ridiculous. So, yes, it tells me two things. One, the Knicks did not do a great job of playing <laughs> R.J. and Mitch. And two... Albert Payton and Julius Randall are playing so much together to the point that it is so hard to separate the two. It's like trying to date one of two Siamese twins. You have to figure I out. Waiting. I was waiting. I knew it's. I knew something was covered. I knew it, something look, was coming. You can, you can, you can point to one's flaws and say, well, I can see what they're like <sighs> with and without that person it still feels like there is somewhat of a tenuous grasp and I get it. His offense is absolutely abysmal and I, I, I'm not oh, trying to sugarcoat that. It, it really what, is, but can I, we talk about I that got the chance to finish what you're sure. saying. Cause I want to get back to it. I got the chance to get some um, stats from synergy and overall, I mean, Alfred Payton on offense last year was poor. That's how he graded. He's graded out as a poor, he's poor in transition. He's a below average player in the half court. Um, you know, he's, he's, Not a good pick and roll ball handler here. It's his below average, 27th percentile. He's eighth in transition, uh, eighth percentile in transition. It's just not good, but there are some positives. He was excellent in the handoff division. Um, He was very good in offensive rebounds and his cuts were excellent. And then you look at his defense. His defense last year was actually rated as excellent. The problem is that, well, he was very below average off screens. He was not good in isolation. Um, but as a pick and roll ball handler, he was good. They rate him as excellent in post-ups. I, there's something to work with. It's not I, a matter of this is a good player and we should have him in a backup role. It's a matter of, and I can talk about, I have Teague's information here. I have Shabazz Napier's information yeah, you know, here. I've these got taken like... from before th- this season. It's. I can tell you, it is not sparkling. But what I do know is, relatively speaking yeah it's closer than people think it does not mean that i am content picking between any of them i am really not and but, nobody and nobody should be right and the thing is though because and you talked about this and it's totally true if you see a lineup that features five players and they're all 20 to say 22 or 23 years old that is a flaming disaster you need someone who can be a floor general who can direct you a little bit and Alfred Payton is is actually capable of doing that, not super well to the point where he belongs here but well enough that it is an upgrade over the younger players that you have because of their inexperience because Dennis Smith Jr. is a shell of himself because Frank Nielakina has just you know I still believe in Frank but I'm not entirely sure it is at the one there's a lot of unproven here but Alfred Payton is a proven commodity. He's proven that on offense he stinks. Absolutely. Do not get me wrong. But defensively, he does hold value. And offensively, if you can fit him around three shooters and a big who can operate in the pick and roll, then you're looking for some success. And if you're doing that off the bench, we were just talking about this in the Slack channel for the Strickland. Mm-hmm. If you pair Alfred Payton with Nerland's Noel and you get three shooters like Bullock and quickly. And if Knox comes around, then you're actually looking at a second unit that's not ass. It's actually okay. It's and it, it congeals a little bit more. But the fact, but look, that's our bar, right? Yes, of course. But I want, I also have been thinking about this. Think about what Saturday represented, right? What would it have been like if Gordon Hayward opts into his contract or Friday night at 6.05 p.m. it's a sign and trade to Indiana or they figure out a way to get him to Charlotte, all of these opportunities. But then what, what happened is that we had our hopes that were very low to begin with, it felt like. And then suddenly Gordon Hayward became an option and we're really excited about this. Some, obviously there are people who just didn't want that. They yeah. prefer to just be a mediocre team, get a great pick, you know, the Cade Brigade, whatever it may be, that's fine. That's yeah. your prerogative. That's cool. But I think about Gordon Hayward and how him hitting the market changed perception on what is a reality and what is feasible and what is exciting. And then we were so hung up on this idea and it felt like we're not, you know, we're only waiting on him and all the good options are gone. And then he signs in Charlotte. And then it's like, okay, well, you're telling me we waited for Gordon Hayward to sign with the Hornets? And well, yeah, the it's the opportunity like, well, he cost of four waiting. a four-year $120 million yeah. deal, which Knicks fans, the vast majority, would not have wanted to touch.
0: Yeah, but and, what, was the, what was the opportunity cost of that? What, what player got signed during that time?
1: Right. Where it you seemed like at, a lot of the market was in a hold, and a lot of the other teams, like, unless you're a team like Detroit, yeah. very few teams had cap space. We talked about the fact that there were only yeah. five teams. And of those five teams, the Heat basically There's only one the left now. Back. <laughs> right. Well, of course, but he brought the band back together. You had the Hornets keeping it open. You had the Hawks going after Gallinari, which, in my opinion, is an awful fit, especially because you've got Collins at the four. I, I don't him. know what
0: they're going to. There's something
1: going on there. It's a mess, Collins. but, you know, they're trying to win add pieces around Trey. I, I get that. I
0: um, don't. Sorry, it, i I just I don't I don't want this to become a let's defend Alfred Payton part podcast right. and, and you're not doing that exactly. And we're, it's more we're just, not trying to do that.
1: Right. It's but more like, just trying to lay out the cards here because you it, have one team. You when Gordon Hayward was off the market, you had two teams that were really available. I mean, three. What? No, two. You had the Knicks and the Hawks. Yeah. And the Pistons already blew their wad. You know, within the first three hours. So what you're basically trying to operate with here is what are we going to do with the leftover money? And and it didn't have to be like Gordon Hayward is plan A because, yes, you did have 10 months to plan for this. So if you didn't think, if unless you knew, for a matter of fact, from the get-go that Gordon Hayward was going to opt out and you were going all in on a player like him, which it really doesn't sound like that was the plan, then you've got a lot of options here. And then after the the, the feeling hits of Gordon Hayward signing with a team like Charlotte, then... It's like, oh my God, we're stuck with Alfred Payton, and we didn't get Gordon Hayward, and so it's like a double whammy. Yeah. And no, again, but- I think it's it's all about the order of operations here because I'm I'm very much convinced that there is more going on. Well, look, um, it may not because the happen. fact that there is there is just an absolute logjam again in the front court. You, to me, you do not sign Nerlens Noel. And with the expectation he's going to get playing time and keep $20 million of your cap space open and still have Julius Randle. I'm telling you, it feels like there's something in the works there. And I really think that if what, if what the Knicks did instead was switch up, whatever, you know, we'll find out what this trade's going to be. For all we know, this trade could happen if there is a trade. Um, oh, with the Lakers? We record this podcast while people are listening. The point being, if you did whatever trade that would be or you do other actions – and then you sign Alfred Payton to leftover cap space. Then it's a different story. Then it's like, okay, well we got the big person, whoever that is. And you know, if they don't get that, then we can start talking about how this is a problem, how the Knicks were left holding the bag. And this isn't, an, is this is not ideal, but you have to look at Alec Burks who can generate value. You have to look at the fact that they they're getting Ed Davis for two seconds. And mind you, I'm I, I can't be the only one here who feels like it's a little fishy that we haven't heard any official news about Ed Davis being traded to the Knicks.
0: Um to, I actually didn't me, even pay attention to that. To but me, I yeah, know that makes sense.
1: It is bizarre. And what it tells me is that there's a bigger deal going on in the works. Oh, uh,
0: we're okay. Listen, we're gonna get to your craziness in a second.
1: Sure, sure. We're, we're we'll do gonna that get there. But, but again, I yes, I agree. It it sucks to the point that it feels like we are or at least I am, I don't want to speak for you, but defending Alfred Payton when that's really not the case. It's just looking at the market that's available and the fact that the Knicks could have gone a number of different paths. And like I said last time, it always feels like navigating through um, landmines and hoping not to step on one. And to me right now- It feels like the Knicks have not stepped on any significant landmines. I know that Alfred Payton at $5 million is frustrating, but it's I just, know that he has a no trade protection because he signed a one yeah. year deal after another one year deal. Okay. Who cares? I, $5 I get million. It. But what have the Knicks done that will really hamstring them? And yes, you could say, well, they could make a big deal and they could always get out of it. Of course they could. I, I, you know, if you, if you said Gordon Hayward at three years, I could have figured out a way to, to walk myself into that or talk myself into that. Mm-hmm. If you'd said four years, I would have been a lot more uncomfortable. And the only way I would have been comfortable with that type of deal is saying two years from now, I feel comfortable using his salary as filler. But if you have it was a hope, right,
0: if it was a fair number,
1: if it's the right deal, if it's the right number. And if he's healthy, because we know that he has had some concerns with been, injury.
0: It would have been, again, to use the same words I used before, it would have been lunacy. Right. But again, <laughs> entertain giving him that contract, or for that matter, giving eight to 10 of the other contracts that got handed out. yeah, It would have been sheer lunacy.
1: And I'll say this and then I'll I'll flip it over to you. I do agree that the Knicks are at a lower point and they're building. I don't think they're quite that low to the point that it's, you know, out of the question that they can sign good talent, but it's the sort of thing where you have to build up. Well, they're not because they did. The guy but, like
0: Alec Burks and Nerlens Noel, one year at the money they got, like that's a sign that, OK, there's some there's some faith in something that's going on here. I'm right. just talking generally to be like, we're the Knicks. So if shitty player X walks through into his agent's door and is like, here are the teams that could potentially sign you, they're going to be like, ooh, you know what? Send me to that team. Like yeah. maybe there's a couple of guys like that because there there is some stuff good going on here. But acting like we can just get anybody we want at this point,
1: even if we pay more. It's not the case. It's just not. Yeah. I mean, respect is not given. It's earned. And we tried something similar last year, which was let's just throw money at talent and we'll try to make it work and we can try to flip those players. And the only one that really worked was Marcus Morris. And granted, it was great that it worked. Um, It, you know, give credit because they did poach him after he agreed to, to go into the Spurs, but it also wasn't necessarily part of the plan. And things changed. It worked out for the Knicks' favor. And I'm sure that Marcus Morris is thrilled because if the Knicks don't sign him to $15 million, he doesn't get traded. And if he doesn't get traded to a team that's as rich as the Clippers, <laughs> here's the thing. He was eligible to get, I think it was about 120% of his contract from last year. So he's making, he wouldn't be able to make the money that he's making right now with the Clippers, if not for the fact that the Knicks gave him that $15 well, million to begin like- with.
0: That's this is so this is where it really comes back to for me, because, again, this is not about defending Alfred Payton, who I actually think is a little bit better than you're giving him credit for. I think, the he again, it, it, it someone who could just run an offense and have the other guys on the floor at the same time as him feel like, OK, and I'm going to I'll get to the rate, the R.J. Randall dynamic of this, because that's real. That's a very real thing. And if people are upset about that, I totally get that. But if you had said to me the day Leon Rose took over, that i'd be sitting here 5 days into the off season and i'd be saying the worst thing that they did was brought back alfred payton at a discount making nearly half of what he made last year the worst thing that they did i'd be like where where are the, where's the confetti where's the where are the fucking streamers where are the party hats where do where do i go i mean do, do i have enough booze do i need to go do i need to get a keg Do I have – I mean, are we like – should I hire a bartender? Like, that would have been my attitude, especially if you told me all of the – like, here's one. What if the Knicks, A – didn't trade Marcus Morris for first round pick, which happened after Leon Rose got here and B signed him to the contract that the Clippers just signed him to. Except, oh, wait, they would have needed to give him more because they're a shitty team and he wouldn't have resigned for that number. It would have been probably four for 80 million dollars. Like what if we were sitting here right now talking about Marcus Morris, New York, Nick, four years, eighty four million dollars. How about them apples? So you know, with all due respect to the conversations about Alfred Payton or Shabazz Napier or whoever the hell you want to, say. and like, I just I can't I can't do it, especially when two things getting into the weeds of this. One, Alfred Payton, putting aside the fact that he actually succeeded when he had Mitch on the floor with him, um, even when he didn't have any other shooters, like it was like one shooter, sometimes no shooters. Um, but like, put that aside for a sec. They. They got a four. They just drafted a four who's going to be able to stretch the four. Theoretically, RJ Barrett is now better from three. Um, and I don't know who they're going to start at the three, um, whether it's Burks, someone who's not here yet, um, you know, Knox, like that person should also probably be able to give you a little bit of four spacing as well. So the thing about like, he can't shoot. The offense is doomed. RJ is going to be driving into, you know, four people again, like, Cool your jets. That's probably not going to happen, um, especially since they have a real coach. That's first of all. Second of all, um, the RJ Randall thing again. That's real. Randall needs to go, not because he's a bad player, not even because he necessarily be a bad fit on this team if used in the right role, but because it's just like you said, too stocked up at this point. You just drafted the, the most, arguably the most NBA ready player in the draft, and he plays Julius Randall's position. So. And I could say, again, I can't get into specifics, but I, I know for a fact that they're trying to move on. from. Let me rephrase that. They have had discussions about moving on from Julius Randall over the the last several days. That much I could 1000 percent confirm. And I'm not breaking any news by saying that we, we've heard from Ian Bagley and we've heard from Mark Berman. Like all these people have reported that they would look to move on from from Julius Randall. Um, so, like, they're trying. It's not easy to move on from Julius Randle. Again, as I referenced, look at the contract numbers that guys who are of his similar archetype and arguably worse got. So um, we shouldn't judge it yet. And you know what? Worst case scenario, if this is the roster that they go into the the, uh, training camp with, I guess my final question to people would be like, okay, well, what did you want them to do differently? You know, I've heard some people say, "Well, if you knew you weren't going to be able to get a better point guard in free agency, you should have drafted one, and you, know, you should have drafted Malachi Flynn, or you should have, you know, traded up for Killian Hayes, or taken Kyra Lewis at eight, or whatever the hell." Look, to, if you're a franchise that's operating like you have this opportunity, this lottery pick, these don't come around very often. You have a top ten pick here. Well,
1: for and, us, they do actually.
0: Well, yes, and and they <laughs> and, and 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 you know what? And the last time we had. Well, RJ was like a no-brainer. I'll put him aside. But before that, they drafted Kevin Knox. Why? Because they needed a scoring wing, right? They needed a scoring wing, and they drafted Kevin Knox. When who else was sitting there? His teammate, Shea Gill alexander But, well, hold on. They had just drafted Frank Milokina, right? Can't draft, can't draft Shea Gilchrist-Alexander. Frank Milokina here. Um, again, love Frank, but had that work out. You take the guy you want. You take the guy you believe in. They believe in Obi Toppin. If he sucks, I'll be the first one to be like, they're idiots, right? Um, As of now, I think he deserves the benefit of the doubt. And as of now, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt to have the draft that they wanted to have and feel like, you know what? We're going to be all right. If like I'm sure they had on their board, worst case scenario, Alfred Payton, and had discussions about it. What if it's this? How much are we hurt? If it's this, if this is the situation that we go into training camp with. And I'm comfortable with the fact that they have assessed that it's okay. And you know what? I don't think that's that ridiculous. Um, all right. I think we've we've beaten Alfred Payton uh to death, which I think is what people actually would like to do um out in Knicksland. Um that's mean. Um, but whatever. What else should we talk about here? Um, because there's other stuff. I mean I don't know where to go
1: next. Um Sure. Uh we quickly touch on Alec Burks, who Love I, I think Burks. he's a much more likely candidate to start. Uh, definitely more so than Kevin Knox. I, if Kevin Knox is starting at the three, then I think something's gone horribly wrong. Well, but or, or hey, or something's gone horribly right. Or not horribly right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <You know? laughs> sure. Something has gone right. No, if, if Kevin Knox, got, look, they're not going to start Kevin Knox at the three If just to put him out there. They're going to start him at the three if he deserves to start at the three. I'm just, that that would actually be great, but you know, probably going to be Alec Burks.
1: Right. Um, no, you know, I mean, it's encouraging in the sense that you've got someone who can hit corner threes, who can do a little bit with the ball in terms of handling. He's got some way to little
0: offense, yeah. um, but he's not a ball hog. Passes he's the not. Ball no. Yeah.
1: Um, friend of the show, Chip Murphy. He tweeted <laughs> out that Burks is one of 64 players who attempted a hundred pull-up threes last season. And of those 64, he ranked sixth in percentage at 39.4%. Yep. And he also attempted a career high in those threes. And, percentage went up so C- corner threes, is
0: uh, very good which is something that uh, Thibodeau mentioned is something important to him yep I'm gonna pull up his uh, where he's he's in like the 80th or 85th percentile in the league in terms of assists for a wing mm-hmm. um, so again
1: and good. he gets to the free throw line quite yes. a bit um, yeah. I think it, Terry and Trey Terry I guess in this case posted uh, about how he really gets to the line quite a bit and that's great so you need someone like that Perfect. Um, and also just the value. One for six is for phenomenal six. value. If you look at what the Knicks have done right now, yes, obviously you've got Peyton at uh, $5 million. I mean, he's making six because of the dead cap of one, but it's it's five. If you look at the entire book that the Knicks have right now, it's our, it's um, excuse me, Julius Randle at $18.9 million. You got RJ at a little bit over eight. And then everyone else is earning below $7 million. And there's short-term contracts. Which means that if you wanted to move some of these pieces around, be it at the deadline, um, for something bigger, for picks, whatever it is. Well, wait a minute, Jeremy. What
0: if they they want to take on – these guys don't make a lot. What if they want to take on a bigger salary? Ah. Oh, wait. Wow. Well, they got a lot of – I mean, I'm just saying the flexibility, like this cap room doesn't expire tomorrow or the next
1: It doesn't. But again, I, I do not see the Knicks going into the season, not only not hitting the cap floor, but just barely hitting it. Because again, Leon Rose is a former agent. He knows what it's like when a team, I think it was the Mavs, maybe it was the Bulls, where we've seen teams before hoarding cap space. So now you're basically saying to an agent, possibly even your former agency, which you used to run and other agencies out there as well. (laughs) Hey, I know there's a pandemic going on. I know that your players can't get work in other countries because those leagues have also started and they might have restrictions against Americans coming to play. But you know what? I'm going to keep that salary cap open. I'm going to do it because in the event of, you know, hitting it by getting on a salary dump, that's what we're gonna do. That sounds great to me. That is not so. You a think the move? Strategy. You think
0: a move is coming soon?
1: I really do. Look, do you want me to get into my into what I call a Kornacki or do we want to no? Win I, we'll,
0: let's finish with the cornacki. The only I just wanted well, to oh, to, the
1: cornacki hasn't even started, my friend.
0: I well, no, I okay, we're, that, but the the Kornacki will be the, the finale of the what show. Wait, um, the, the I just did want to bring up Nardoles Noel's name, um, because you know Nardoles Noel is a funny character um that'll probably look back on in NBA history as a, a bit of like. Wait a minute, this is a guy who turned down five years 80 million dollars? We should is that really what happened? Yes, that's really what
1: happened. And mind you, that was before he signed with Clutch. It's kind of a, a misnomer that with Rich Paul he declined it. Not so he was with another agency, realized how big of a mistake it was to not re-sign with the Mavericks.
0: Then went to really- then went to Clutch. So yeah, I've made that mistake before. Um in forgetting that. Um he's he's good if you Again, if you play him in the right role and I, the thing that I'm really happy about is the, you know, I love me some Taj Gibson shout out for green, for green's finest. Um, they're the Knicks offense. It's funny. More, more than their defense, their their offense fell off a cliff when Taj Gibson was in the game last year. And, um, it was, it was really bad. And that was because like Mitch offers a vertical threat that obviously Taj does not, um, you know, and the fact that now if Mitch, um, I mean, I'm assuming he's going to start. Um, if he picks up, you know, two quick fouls and you have to bring in Noel, your game plan doesn't go to shit, which is great. Um, and on defense, he's, again, he's kind of like a Mitch light. Um, he, he, you know, he swat shots and the whole thing. Um, so I think, again, to get him on that deal, um, like, and even like, again, I'm not, not to go over Peyton again, but like, if you had asked, if you ask like an average, like NBA, you know, media person, probably an NBA, you know, GM, like Alfred Payton, one year, $5 million Is that a fair deal. They might not love Alfred Payton, but even they look at that and be like, yeah, it's okay. That's fine. Guy come in, run the show. Um, so they got three of these signings plus the Ed Davis thing. Am um, I forget? they signed Theo Pinson to a two way, which Whatever. Whatever.
1: I mean, it's more, I'm curious what they do with Miles Powell. Probably. Well, it's Exhibit 10 10 right now. um, When the time comes. You know, again, this isn't like, oh my God, what are they going to do? It's just like, I'm curious. I, you know, clearly there's not really a G League to our knowledge. It might be more of a bubble situation. So a lot of it's up in the air. I I would just like to know, because I was not expecting Theo Pinson to come back in any capacity.
0: I think, no, I think it was, it was a surprise. Um, Again, that's not something I'm really going to. Like what? Listen, if they see something in Theo Pinson, he's an interesting young player. He's still young, um, you know. All, all, all power to them. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, that's it. I think really, all eyes at this point are on Randall. And do they get another? Again, I'm not going to say point guard. I'm going to say another guy can who can help run the offense in here at this point. And I don't necessarily think because here's the thing. This is a nice thing about RJ Barrett. And this will, we'll, I'll turn this over to you because whatever crazy conspiracy theory you have. Um The nice thing about RJ Barrett is RJ Barrett could play the three. He could slide over to the three very, 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 very very easily. So if you want to give me, how would Nick fans feel about Mitchell Robinson, Obi Top and RJ Barrett as your, as your three, four, five. Um, again, I don't want to say any name, but like a, a pretty good two who could, who could maybe do some stuff um with the wall like at that point i don't really care who's running point you want to give me dennis Jr. you want to give me alfred Payton. it's like you have some flexibility we'll give me frank milikina um although i'm not sure if you know we'll see uh that's it that's all i wanted to say uh and i, I with that i turn it over to uh
1: is this great is it crazy town now is that where is that where we're going i guess you know look i, I this was uh an interesting week obviously um and we're still trying to figure out, we're trying to make, make sense of a lot of what's going on. And you're obviously hearing things, I'm going off of no reports. I'm just, I'm trying to look at the walls and decipher what's the, the reading of the walls. Um, and what I see is, again, I see Ed Davis coming in on a deal that has not officially been consummated. Um, I see an excess of salary cap and I see the fact that they're signing bigs, which is exactly what Julius Randle is and the fact that they drafted Toppen, as you touched upon. So, my I, I talked about a little bit on Twitter, but for those who may not have seen it, those who aren't necessarily on it, those who want a more thorough explanation of where I'm coming from, again, I keep gravitating towards this idea of Mike Conley. And again, I, I'm not saying it's likely by any stretch. I can understand why it's a long shot, but I'd like to at least lay out why I think it does make sense for all sides. So, Just to begin with, if the Knicks figured out a way to get Mike Conley's salary in and shipping Julius Randle's out, it would not be to Utah, but just bear with me, they would have $5.1 million left. Now we know that they're also potentially in conversations with JaVale McGee in terms of taking on his salary. So there's a thought of, okay, well, if we took on $4.2 million, we'd have like less than a million in cap space. We'd be good there. We can also figure out a way to use our room exception, and we can cut one of you know Davis McGee. Figured out there. The question but that course, doesn't open up a, a roster spot, correct? Uh well, right now they're at fourteen, so it would still be a push because Randall for Conley. Yeah, and then you know,
0: and then you're bringing in one more person,
1: right? But you're cutting one of Davis and McGee, so that would be down one. Yeah, of so
0: I guess that's my question. You're still at fourteen. So so hold on though. No. I don't think they. So whether, if they if they if they acquire Ed Davis, I, I hope I'm not throwing cold water on this. Um, if they acquire Ed Davis, right, that Ed, Ed Davis was acquired, obviously. well, actually doesn't matter when he was required. His salary is on the books for this season. If they cut him. my Unless I'm really mistaken, that doesn't open up a
1: new roster spot, does it? Sure, it does. It's dead salary. It's a roster spot. It's just the money that's committed. It's the same way in how they cut Taj Gibson, and that's one million dollars on the books. That opened up a roster spot. That's true. This is blowing my mind. It's it's just fifteen bodies that you need. So, you know, the fourteen is including Ed Davis because it's a presumed trade. Okay, Conley, I'm with Julius you. I'm Randall, sorry. I didn't. Some, some I did capacity. not realize that. That's fine. That's fine. So, but again, the question here is: the Jazz are obviously not going to deal with Julius Randall. There's no reason for them to when they just signed Derek Favors yeah. using the mid-level exception. Yep. So then it's a matter of where is he going to go? Yes. And I also look at a team like New Orleans. And New Orleans is fascinating to me because look at the market that's out there right now. It's dead. Absolutely dead. There, there's no Better team than denim. that can offer Brandon Ingram a contract that's over $27 million, which is what his max would be. Yeah. So if you're New Orleans, unless you're trying to play the short game here and say to Brandon Ingram, this is our offer, it's a cheap offer, take it or leave it, there's some tomfoolery going on because why wouldn't they just extend it? If they want to help build around him, there's some sort of extension that can go on.
0: So you're you're basically saying why haven't they offered him the extension yet?
1: Yes, I don't quite understand because if that's a player that you want, I mean, we're looking at Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell. They, they're restricted free agents next year, and they've already signed extensions. Bogdan yeah. Bogdanovich just signed an offer sheet with the Hawks, and that's with another team. Why is Brandon Ingram not re-upping the very moment that free agency starts? I don't think it's because the Pelicans don't want him. I think it's just because there's other things going on. So
0: if I you- I can't wait. I, I'm, I'm so, I'm like waiting for my mind to be blown. This is great. Continue. Listen
1: let me just put it this way. If I'm right, great, whatever. If it's, if I'm wrong, it's fun fan fiction to pass the time because we've got so F- much cap space. That- fan fiction's great. I love this. All right. So if you take away Brandon Ingram's cap hold, you are running at about $101.7 million for the Pelicans, but you're not going to do that, right? You're going to give them a max. So then you're at around 128 million. And then there's some dancing they can do. Absolutely. Um, but if they use anything more than like the taxpayer mid-level exception, which they absolutely could, they're suddenly hard capped. B- being hard capped is not a problem because they're not going to hit 138 million. No. But they will have more than the luxury tax of 132.6 million dollars. Why is that a problem? If they well, do
0: what I thought, you said Ingram gets them to 128 or to 127. Right.
1: If they sign anyone for the non-taxpayer-
0: Oh, if they use the mid-level of a, a right. hard cash. I mean, they, they're, it. Okay. they're not in
1: the taxpayer mid-level. It, or so it gets them mid-level.
0: to the tax, yeah. But okay. they,
1: you know, so anything that's, that's more than, say, like $5 million, that's going to get them into the tax bracket. So
0: because why they, is that important? They have no desire to be in.
1: Right. And the reason they have no desire to be in is because of the fact that the Benson family also owns the Saints. And the Saints have a salary cap of about $200 million, which means- that with very limited income, you are spending hundred. sorry, excuse me, $340 million, because you have to pay luxury taxes too, yeah. on just player salaries alone. We haven't even talked about any of the people in the front offices of either teams. No, it's a lot of money. Any you know, overhead cheap. you have to deal with. It's a ton of money going out and you don't know when money's necessarily coming in. And it's important to these teams. It's important to save money. Yeah. And so it's this, it's this thought process as well of, Look how many point guards they have on the roster, right? They've got Brandon Ingram. <laughs> what am I looking Well, he's they not. Have Eric, he's not Eric, I'm sorry. Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe. Lonzo Ball. You just drafted Kyrie Lewis Jr. Kyrie Lewis yes. Jr. Um, you've got. They don't have George Hill anymore. Walker.
0: They sent George Hill off to. Uh,
1: yep. They just traded him. They traded him somewhere. Oklahoma City. There you go. Yep. But here's the other thing. Steven Adams, he just got $2 million in his bonus to move from Oklahoma City to New Orleans. So that also Mm -hmm. adds more money to the payroll that is unavoidable. There you go. That's a problem for them. What are they going to do? Well, let's then talk about the Jazz because the Jazz in this case would be sending out Mike Conley. Well, they themselves are in the luxury tax by about $3 million. We're not sure how... Their front, their new ownership feels about spending money. But the thing is, and I, this is what I wrote about for the Strickland last week, there is this possibility, probably a strong possibility, that the Jazz go into the luxury tax next year, which means that they get hit with the repeater tax if they go into the tax this year,
0: which is yeah. Bad. So it, it's not just about this year, it's about next year, and the money uh, can add up quickly as if anybody's seen... Um, the reports of what Kelly Oubre Jr is going to cost um the warriors although i guess they may have a disabled player exception but whatever it's going to cost them a lot of money continue sorry yeah
1: oubre the addition of him is going to cost in total 82 million dollars
0: yeah yeah but- it's, it, it it's just the, the way the multipliers work it's like you don't there's a reason why teams like climb over themselves to not go in the tax
1: right yeah so you've got one team that's in the tax you've got one team that could easily be in the tax and has financial woes themselves. And you've got another team that has plenty of cap space and they're trying to move parts. So if you're the Jazz, you're looking for a point guard. You need someone that you can say to Donovan Mitchell, we're building around you. This is the reason why. Because we love you. Oh. We want to keep you. And obviously he resigned.
0: I just, I, just, I see it now.
1: Okay. You see keep where I'm going, going but oh. I'll, right. So how can a deal work out? Well, what I've got is this. You get Conley and Davis to New York. You get some sort of, you know, asset. Maybe it's one of the second round picks from 2023. Um, And then what you do is you could say, well, in terms of point guard, we could trade, we being the Pelicans, we could trade Eric Bledsoe or we could trade Lonzo Ball. The thing about Lonzo Ball. To Utah. The thing about Lonzo Ball is I am skeptical that the Pelicans want to pay him his next contract.
0: I am also skeptical that the Pelicans want to pay him in his next contract.
1: And I think that drafting Lewis gives us an insight that he's not ready to take over by any stretch. That's that would be Bledsoe's job. But having Ingram on a max contract, having to pay Zion in a few years and in between those two, or I guess technically in between those two, you've got Alonzo Ball earning a significant salary. And I think that the perfect thing for a team like Utah to say is we've got someone that can be along Donovan Mitchell's timeline. They can grow together. They were the same draft class. It works out perfectly. Lonzo. And then Lonzo. And then in terms of fit, you know, I mean, look at their point guard situation. I I, I talked about this. I think think Lonzo and, and Mitchell would be wonderful together. It really would be. It'd be a great fit for both of them. And you don't have to necessarily start Lonzo either you can potentially bring him off the bench if you really wanted to, because the the lineup of I want to say Donovan Mitchell, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, Royce O'Neal, Joe um, Joe Ingles, Joe Ingles, and Rudy Gobert did really well. They like did incredibly well last year. So you could run those five and then have Lonzo off the bench. You could do. A whole I lot don't. I
0: things. don't think they'd actually do it. I think that Lonzo but, you sure, know, is, is yeah,
1: there are opportunities. That's that's it, uh, and his shots really come along. So it, it's not like he's this awful addition and mind you the jazz were the number one team in three point percentage last year
0: okay so wait hold on um and well, then, I go, i've got
1: to add one more player to the mix
0: yeah please in order
1: for salaries to start to match you have to add like if you're sending lonzo and his 11 million dollars salary you've got to send like 12 something around their back and to, to new orleans from new orleans to utah can't just send Lonzo on his own you've got to attach more salary with it so here if you're you if you're New Orleans you're not going to because
0: gonna Con- Con- so Conley's going out Lonzo's going
1: 34.5 yes. Lonzo's 11 you need more yeah so here are the salaries that well, you can no, you send don't. you do you do why because what the- is you t- okay here what is what are the Pelicans getting well I'm, I'm we're getting not there that. yet we're not there yet okay we're getting there.
0: so I didn't, I, but I, I, sorry, I wasn't under, but if it's for you, what could, but why couldn't Utah just send out Connelly and, and take in Lonzo?
1: Because we're also involving the Knicks and the otherwise Knicks they could send salary out. The Knicks can't just take salary in.
0: Well, yes, because they are, they ha- right. have spent some money.
1: Okay. Right. So the other salary that you're adding, you're not sending Stephen Adams. Cause that's a gargantuan $29.5 million deal. Yeah. You're not sending Brandon Ingram. You can't even trade Eric Bledsoe until at least December fifth, anyway. And you wouldn't trade Bledsoe and Lonzo Ball. You're not trading Zion Williamson. The only other contract that makes sense. We have got some breaking news, by the way. Is JJ Redick?
0: Um, do you want me to break the news now? Or do you want me to finish?
1: No, no. Let's hold off, and then we'll crush my dreams. <gasps> <laughs> Keep going. All keep right. going, I want you to finish. I it want doesn't you to come, come so far. You've come so far. Dude, John, I hate this. I hate everything. You've come, come so
0: far. No, we're keeping not only podcast, are we, man. not only are podcast. we keeping this in the podcast, we are we are like featuring this as its own
1: YouTube clip. You how long did that last? That lasted a solid 10 minutes. At least. I had a feeling that this was going to happen. I really you, did. 12 was, minutes, maybe? You know what? You know what? This just makes for better better drama. This, this now, is it's this a freak out is, on my part.
0: This you know, is content this creation. It's all
1: bullshit. You know, all right, whatever. We'll just, we'll agent, just keep going my plan. Free and agent. then we'll announce the news afterwards. And then I'll get into my own tirade. <laughs> whatever. All right. You've got JJ Reddick going because of the fact. This feels useless, man. All right, whatever. You got JJ Reddick going into the salary because of the fact that it matches. And then the only reason you're sending Julius Randall to New Orleans is due to the fact that you need to have matching salary. And you can send, you know, a 2021 second round pick. It doesn't have to be anything. It works. The reason it would work for all teams is because of the fact that you get two that avoid the luxury tax. You get one that doesn't have to worry at all because of cap space and can absorb a lot of this and still take in a JaVale McGee type dump. And everyone would be happy. But of course, I can't be happy because John, would you like to say what just happened?
0: Before I do, hold on. Let's just the so the final deal that you concocted, the final deal that you concocted, is Julius goes to New Orleans, right? Sure. Okay. Julius goes to New Orleans. JJ Redick and Lonzo Ball go to Utah
1: hypothetically,
0: um, and Mike Connolly Jr. goes to the Knicks
1: along with Ed Davis.
0: Along with Ed Davis and. The Pelicans, do the Pelicans get anything else? The Pelicans get like a a draft, probably get, Pelicans probably get some from the Jazz, right?
1: They would get a protected first
0: round pick. They would get a protected first round pick. And the Knicks would get like a second round pick. That's a really good deal. That's a really good deal. And, um, you know what? I think, um, I think it's something that, you know, maybe if the Knicks, maybe if the Knicks had you in their front office, this is something they would have done.
1: This also proves, by the way, that, I'm not a burner for any front office, you know, personnel, because <laughs> clearly I would be in the know. That all right? Should we just say it? Should we just, you know? I mean, people know by now. Obviously, you have to. Well, no,
0: Austin Rivers is a Nick one-year deal, as reported by Woj. Um, they now have 15 roster spots, which means um, any trade. Well, here, well, here's the thing. That they could still. Do your crazy deal. Uh, no, just, well, just hear me out. Well, okay.
1: What? All right. Hold I mean, on.
0: Hear, hear me out. Because according to you, again, they could just
1: cut Ed Davis today. Well, no. The only way that this would work. Oh, no, that's right. They can't cut Ed Davis because okay, right, right. Ed Davis isn't here yet. Never mind. Sorry. Let's Let's get a little creative again. The fact that they just signed Rivers would well, tell me no. that they're not looking for a lead guard. But, but, but again, let me let me put I, it I this way: I don't know
0: that I necessarily
1: say that. Well, if it's not, then you have to ask yourself who of say Frank or Dennis Smith Jr. is getting the boot.
0: So, uh, what if it's neither? What if because? Well, hold on, because it now it comes down to the money, right? Because if it's because Frank and Dennis Smith Jr. both make a decent sum of money, right? Right. Um, actually, JJ Redick and Lonzo Ball together make how much money? Twenty,
1: uh, twenty-four million.
0: Twenty-four million dollars. They make twenty-four million dollars.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Julius Randle and Frank Ntilikina would make t- make together t- about the same amount of money. So you're not really saving the, the Pelicans that's a the- lot of cash.
1: Unless you know you feature Melly or Jackson Hazel, though. I'm skeptical that they would. They're not gonna, why, are they, they, why, they, why are
0: they giving up Jackson Hayes? Um, right. And they already traded away Darius Miller in the giant Stephen Adams deal. Um, they don't really have any other salary that's like easily... That's the thing. Yeah. But
1: I mean, they could potentially do something. Like if they didn't trade Lonzo Ball, they could wait to trade um, Eric Bledsoe until December 5th, which is when everything expires. And if you did Eric Bledsoe and JJ Redick... Then Utah is still saving money. They're going below the tax. They get a point guard who can win now around a player like Donovan Mitchell. That's- and then in that case, you could have Lonzo ball being able to spend. I love how we can just like, we know that this dream is dead, but we can try to revive it as much you as we know, can. Like, you or know, some sort of ER doctor performing look, surgery. I'll,
0: um, I'll be honest with you. I don't, I don't think that I did not think that they were ever really in the market for Connolly? i think
1: even i said it's a long shot i get it completely and this makes it
0: even longer you know because he makes a lot of money and he's not really a trade like he wasn't going to be a tradable (laughs) asset like we're probably going to give up a little something like you said maybe they give up a little something to get to make this happen um what i what i where i thought you were going for a minute was um was lonzo to the knicks which now this would seem to cuz like Austin Rivers is kind of like the poor man's lonzo ball um obviously he's not the um he's not the playmaker the lonzo ball is but in terms of a guy that like can he run a, a little bit of point for you in a jam yeah but really he should be a 2 and it's not great because the shot comes and goes like that he's in that sense um and he's a good on defense um what i'm it's. We
1: can just throw this whole fucking podcast and right in the garbage. No, no, this has to live. I worked. I worked too hard on this. For the whole it to just fucking die.
0: podcast is thrown in the fucking trash.
1: <laughs> um, I I really want to go poll everybody on Twitter who
0: was up in fucking arms about about. I'm leaving my rant in. That's for shit sure. was up in arms about Alfred Payton, like. Again, they got another ball handler. Like, is he a point guard? Not really, technically. But again, the whole—you <laughs> want to talk about development? Let's close the show by talking about development. You know, everybody throws around development. Yeah, this. Okay, what is development this year? What does it look like? It's Putting the ball in RJ Barrett's hands and seeing what the fuck he could do with it. Everybody forgets last season. Part of the reason why they sucked ass for the first however many games of uh, that Coach Fizdale was in charge is because. <laughs> He essentially treated R.J. Barrett like a secondary ball handler. He treated Julius Randle like a primary. I can't say that was a straight face, but it was a real thing that happened. Um, and he treated R.J. Barrett like a second, secondary ball handler. His assists were, were significant. Um, his usage was way up there. And then Mike Miller took over and um, everybody was scared for their jobs. And, and they took that responsibility away. Um, R.J. Barrett, for whatever value he's ever going to have in the league, Uh, it's going to have to be some way, shape, or form as a playmaker. Um, He's going to have to have the ball in his hands. So then you get to the next step of like, all right, how can we do that such that it doesn't run into the problem that I brought up before, which is that when you put the ball in the hands of someone who the rest of the guys on the floor don't believe can run a sufficient NBA offense, it's, it's, they're just going to be despondent over that. Well, it's great when you could have other ball handlers on the court at the same time, who can handle the ball, can, you know, again, not run in offense, not run in offense. I'm talking about running offense, but it's, you're not leaving it all on that one guy. And Austin Rivers, to me, is a great compliment to RJ Barrett in that sense. Do I feel comfortable running lineups out there of Rivers, Barrett? Well, let's, let's talk about this. Rivers, Barrett, they got the aforementioned Alec Burks now, um, Obi Toppin and, and Mitchell Robinson. Five minutes, ten minutes a game, it would be the worst thing in the world, right? Okay, not the worst thing. I could get behind it. It's just I think this gives them some nice options. And I think Rivers is 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 he's a good culture guy, he's a good locker room guy. One year deal. Another guy who you're talking about, I don't know what the money is yet, but um let's see if we have updated reporting. <laughs> Mark Berman. God love Mark Berman. The Knicks got a point guard from Houston and it's not Russell Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> love I love also
1: a... how there was always this understanding or this thought process of trading Carmelo Anthony to the Clippers and getting Austin Rivers back, or this idea of trading Carmelo Anthony to the Blazers and getting Mo Harkless back and mm. both will be a Nick. Yeah, this is crazy. This is listen, I'm really happy about this
0: and I hope um and I hope that this will calm folks down um about the next offseason because again I, if you would if you it like seriously if you had told me a week ago that we'd be sitting here and and we had Alfred Payton on one year and Austin Rivers on one year like I'm sorry I'll take that combo over Jeff Teague or DJ Augustine I'd rather I'd rather spread the wealth um there's one other thing that I'm debating whether or not we should bring up we've been talking for an hour and 15 minutes it's the end of the podcast let's do it um and I, I I say this as someone who you know, I, I'm not saying this out, out of nowhere. I wonder what this says about Frank Millikina's future with the
1: team. I was kind of thinking that too a little bit around with the Burke signing. Not that I felt like it was significant enough to push him out, but between <sighs> Burks Bullock, clearly with Peyton and with Rivers. And still having Dennis, but Junior on the roster, who they who like, they apparently want to, you know, give yeah. it give it a go for for better or for worse to whoever's the one you know better or worse death to us like That right, um, there's clearly not an opening at the point, and you have other options available to you on the wings, and I think if you're the Knicks, what you're probably looking at is. Fragni Lakina can give us value, but we also know that in a year, he's going to have a really high cap hold and you can reduce the cap hold. Obviously you can sign him to a contract. You could just say goodbye and wipe that away. But I'm, I'm starting to wonder if there is a path for him on this team long-term. I I thought about this beforehand, obviously, but just more of a narrowing of that gap. And if it means that there is a team that might be interested in him that might use him or how you're going to go about that. I, I'm really not sure now, but I, I I do agree. I think that the idea of him being on this team long-term is probably a lot less as of right now than it was, say 15 minutes ago. Well, let's at least to public knowledge.
0: Let's just, we're here. We're going to close it out with this Um, rotation. You know, Tibbs say one thing for Tibbs. He's, it runs a pretty tight, 10-man unit he's not someone that really likes to fuck around he likes to be steady and stable and like kind of have that have that thing so i'm not even thinking about positions right now um, i'm just thinking about guys that are going to play for sure so we got mitchell robinson we got noel we got toppin um, i'm going to put randall in it to the side for right now just just going. gonna to do what a lot of Nick fans would like to do and just kind of move <laughs> Julius Randall over to the side. Um, we got Obi Toppin. Um, everything I've heard, literally everything I've heard. And again, maybe, the, maybe the reason I've heard it is because they want people to believe it <laughs> to, to build up like this allure. But everything I've heard is that they don't want to give up on Kevin Knox and they're in on Kevin Knox and they're still, they believe in him. And like, it, I might not believe it if it wasn't for the fact that they just hired Kenny Payne, so I'm putting in Knox as a guy who's gonna play some minutes. Yeah, that's fair. This year. Um, so that's four. So you got RJ Barrett, you got the aforementioned Rivers, who I mean, you could tell me Austin Rivers is gonna lead them in minutes this year, and I wouldn't be surprised. That guy's he's good. He's just a good basketball player, and you like you want him on the floor. Um, RJ Barrett, Rivers, um, Elf Payton, he's going to play. One, two, three, four. So Mitch Noel, Toppin, Knox, R.J. Rivers, Payton. Um, they got Bullock still. If he's here and he's healthy, he's going to play, right? Who am I forgetting? DSJ is – so there's DSJ, which is not an automatic, right? Did you say Brazdaikist? Oh, my God. You know who I – I didn't say bros. I'm not saying Brazdaikist because that's not an automatic. No. Um, I can't believe I'm forgetting. uh, What's his face? Burks. So Burks, DSJ. That to me, that's the 10. Mitch Noel, Toppin, Knox, RJ Rivers, Peyton Bullock, Burks, DSJ. If I had to guess right now what 10 men were up on on their big board, I would guess those 10, which then leaves the question of, all right, what the hell do you do with Randall? Um, I, I don't know. I can't say for sure whether they have a deal lined up. I certainly have not heard as much. I just, again, I know that he's, he's been talked about. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know where is, where is the Randall and Frank for, you know, where, where is that? I'm not sure. Um, man, Charlotte's interesting to me. They just got that Batum. Of, sc- they have to. They, well, now there's conflicting. They just reports. signed Bismack Biyombo, though. Okay, fine. It- but they have the Batum salary, which again is was originally reported was going to be stretched, and now there's some some backtracking on that with the thinking that maybe they they're trying to work out a sign and trade or whatever the case may be with with um, Boston. Um, can they dump Batum salary? Like they only need to save seven point something million dollars, right? Well, but assuming Biombo gets the minimum, which yeah. I'm assuming he did. Um, So Batum and like Filler, like he must have a small salary somewhere in there well, for this Randall. Was,
1: this was a much uh, more realistic, I thought, Uh, suggestion than the Conley one um, in terms of the Knicks being able to get in on the sign and trade for Gordon Hayward and I believe what I had was Batum and Monk and the Hornets you know first round pick Yeah, and then Randall going to Boston and then Boston trading Gordon Hayward and the reason why if you're the Celtics you do this is one you could get nothing and that's not really going to help you you should get something out of it it's the same reason why they let Terry Rozier walk and why they took on Kemba Walker and in that sign and trade last year between the same two teams. But the other thing is that if you take on Randall, sure, you just had Tristan Thompson. So you're, you're less likely as of right now than why certainly hypothesize that as an option, but you also get a TPE. You get a significant trade player exception. You do. And you could get a player for, I mean, if we're just trying to do the math quickly, I mean, it could be at least 30, 10 million, 16 million. I mean, it depends in terms of how much is going out. So
0: yeah, no, well, no. Right. If, if bit... Hayward's if Hayward's signing for 30 and Randall's making 19, 18, right? 19, 19 next year. You're looking year, at around, 9. You're looking at around 11 million dollars. Right, it's not nothing. Um, I j- there's a deal there to be had. There's there's, there's, there's got to be a deal there to be had. I'm not saying I'm I listen. Anybody, I, I don't know. if, we get aggregated, but anybody listening to this, I'm not like sitting here saying like Randall's gonna be off the team. But it would at this point, I feel comfortable saying that it would surprise me if he was here. Just with
1: yeah, the writing is on the wall. I mean, it just has to be the moves that they're making are a clear indication that the biggest salary possible is going to get moved in some capacity.
0: Um, what else do we got? The Pacers are trading TJ Leaf. And a, a future second round pick to OKC for somebody. Um, I can't pronounce that name. All right. Nothing else on the Knicks. Um, I think it's safe to go. Let's hope this podcast is still relevant tomorrow. I mean, it's going to be it's good. Good listening. Right. I yelled at people sure. who, do, who doesn't love to hear the podcast that they put on when the when the when the host yells at them. That's great.
1: This Yeah. Or or the fact that you got to see me or hear me pour my heart out and then watch <laughs> it get stomped on mid <laughs> mid, you know scenario it's, it's just, just great it's, this is art this is ah, it's great um, It's just great this is great I, podcasting again i just i'll close out saying this i managed to pull up the presentation from last week and because i know that fans might be down on peyton still i you know we haven't seen twitter yet maybe it's on fire maybe people are cool with it totally i mean if you go sure.
0: by if you go by my tweet i tweeted I, I quote tweeted Woj and i said love it that was all oh, i just love it and I got 234 likes and 47 uh, responses um, and just glancing. We have a one. <laughs> I hate this fucking planet. It's pretty good. Um, that's really, I think he's joking around. Um, most of them are just like questions and people like saying that they like it, actually. So it does not look like okay. Twitter is on that's fire. That's
1: great. Yeah. So, again, we had six goals last time. Versus close us out, Jeremy.
0: Bring us home with the six goals.
1: Absolutely. Add youth. <laughs> we did that. Surround Mitch and RJ with ball handling, floor spacers, and smart defenders. So far, it looks like we did that. Save for maybe one player. We did that. No immovable contracts. Coordinator would be signed for four years and 120 million dollars. We didn't do that. What we did was we avoided that immovable contract. Maybe it could have been immovable. Eventually, doesn't matter. Yeah, We did that. Foster competitive environment. I, I don't know what's more competitive than a team that is basically full of people in their 20s trying to carve out roles for themselves. Can we, can we actually, and, just, and the fact that at the five, now you have Mitch yeah. not having to lose time to Taj Gibson, but instead you've got Nerland's Noel breathing down his neck. Can we just talk
0: about that for two seconds? Put aside sure. Dennis Smith Jr., for a second, who may not be an NBA player anymore. He certainly didn't look like one last year. Put him aside for one second. Alec Burks is an NBA player. He's like a, you want him as like your sixth or eighth man, or sorry, seventh or eighth man. Reggie Bullock, same same deal. You want him as like your seventh or eighth man. Alfred Payton, you want him as like your seventh or eighth man. But these are NBA players. Like they could play on pretty much any team in the league. Austin Rivers, let's go sixth man. Right. Fifth, sixth, like that. Um, RJ Barrett, we hope he looks like a starting NBA player next year. Mitchell Robinson, starting NBA player next year. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, Obi Toppin's going to look like a starting NBA player next year.
1: I'm yeah. Say and I that. think the fact that he is 22 years old, you're looking at a player who should go. be popping. And I didn't mean that as, you know, pop and top and as a pun, but it, I guess it's kind of, it works.
0: Pop it, top it.
1: right? you know, like he's the type of player that you want to hit the ground running. There's yeah. no reason why he should not be the rookie of the year front runner. And that means something to uh, people absolutely. and that means something to teams. And and we didn't talk about the draft because uh, I know you tackled that with Prez, but you know, I didn't love the top and pick, but I knew that, you know, the way I went into it was for uh, Halliburton and for top. And those are the two guys I didn't really want I knew that I could rationalize Toppin, but not Halliburton. And the reason for Toppin is because he is your perfect trade candidate. Yeah. yeah. And again, I know people are thinking like, we just got him. Why are you thinking about trading him? Look, these are assets. They're players. They mean a lot to us emotionally, but everyone is an asset. It's cold hearted. Absolutely. You know, it feels like you're running Bain Capital or something in terms of figuring out these players, but you have to look at what your next step is to getting to the top and every step if you're not a step away from the top then you have to figure out how to get to the next step these players on easy contracts as they excel and around players that are good is how you're able to up their trade value yeah so, and yeah so it works it works
0: um, and Noel again a guy who's six man so um, did I mention I think I mentioned everybody and I didn't even talk about Randall and Emmanuel Quickly who knows what Emmanuel Quickly is yeah um, I liked him yeah know. No, I I like to pick maybe a little early, but whatever they got their guy. It's what everybody's been saying for months in this yep. draft. You what you want your guy, get your guy. Um, so they have surrounded their top three pieces, their three most important pieces. Maybe Dennis with Junior, whatever is over to the side. They've surrounded them with competent NBA players, not good NBA, not great NBA players, decent NBA players who know what they're doing. They know their role. Um, just makes eminently more sense. Than what they did last offseason. And yeah. I, for one, um, stand by my rant um, <laughs> to start yeah. the show.
1: And then you've got to acquire more future assets than we're sending out.
0: Yes, to finish up the, the six things, yes.
1: Three second round picks in 2023 alone coming our way. Um, we don't know what else is in store for this season. We don't, this offseason rather, we don't know what players are getting traded Next, you know, midway through the season, because it's very easy to see with all these other teams around them improving, especially in the lottery, that if shit hits the fan for the Knicks, we'll just trade Alec Burks. We'll trade Reggie Bullock. We'll trade Austin Rivers. We'll trade New Orleans Noel. We have the flexibility to do this. And then, if we need to move up for a player that we really want, if we're maybe a touch outside of that, that's an opportunity that we can do. And and I'm going to say this before I say my last point. We talked about the fact that if the Knicks were able to trade with other teams that are in the West, it can impact the Mavs. I understand you are obviously still not on the wagon just? Whoa! 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 whoa, whoa. Yeah, yes, you can, in in you can you you Yeah. We're, we can be in an opportunity where that trade doesn't have to be, don't trade that whatsoever. But if you start retooling other teams in the West, To the point where they're not trading first round picks, obviously, but they're getting better. And you're building everyone around the Mavericks to get better, except for the Mavericks themselves, which then could matter in the long run. Because if it pushes the Mavs down a few spots, it could determine a home court advantage in a play-in game. It could maybe even factor in the fact that they have to play in a play-in game or, you know, whatever it might be. So that's the fifth one. And finally, flexibility in 2021. Keen focus on 2022. I don't know about this one. All I know is that Randall going away makes sense this year. It makes sense next year from a $4 million guarantee yeah, standpoint. but standpoint. You could it stretch
0: the $4 million to- no, don't stretch it again. Well, you can if you need to.
1: Of course. Of course you can, but you've already got Noah's on the book. So um, it's not optimal right now. It's just, if you can find a trade for Randall that works conveniently enough, you also get $4 million off the books yes. for next year. The question then is, who are you signing to use that money? Obviously we don't know this, but- you know, this might sound silly all I'll say, and I'll wrap with this. And if it's a hot take, I'm, I'm not trying for it to be truly. Listen, man, you're, but, you've earned it. All right. But here's my feeling. The reason why Anthony Davis has not resigned with the Lakers is not just because mean, he's looking at what the Lakers are doing. He's also looking at what other teams are doing and how they're affecting their cap space. And then if you're the Knicks, You're not banking on him leaving LeBron James, especially not a year before LeBron James enters his last year of his contract. But what you're doing is you're saying, this is what we're doing to build around our guys. We're leaving space open. We know there's a good market. There's obviously a room here for you. We know that Obi Toppin plays your position. We can also trade him because of how he impacts other people. Anthony, this is what we're able to do. Clutch, we're signing a couple of your guys. We've got Mitch here. We can pay him first. We can pay Anthony Davis, your other client. We're figuring things out. Again, I don't see Anthony Davis being like, oh, wow. Okay. I'm just going to waltz on over to the Knicks. No, you don't, you don't leave the reigning champion, at least unless you're maybe Kevin Durant. And even then he didn't do that to go to the Knicks. But the point here is he's just monitoring. We know he's going to sign in LA for at least a year. It could even be two. But the fact is he's looking, he's paying attention and that's important. And, and honestly, like no one can tell me otherwise. He's got his no, eyes look, everywhere. If you see the fact that they're trading picks, he knows what the future holds. He knows they have to bring another star in. You just have to be cognizant of that. That's all.
0: Um, look, uh, I, will, I would love to be able to sit here and talk about Anthony Davis as a realistic thing at some point. Um, all I will say at this point right now um, is that they are... And again, I'm not saying this is going to be easy. The Knicks are a competent uh, twenty-five win season. Would how many seventy-two games? So that would make that that would mean that they went what twenty-five and forty-seven, seven. Okay, they're a competent-looking twenty-five, twenty-four win season away from walking into next summer. In a really interesting position with what is going to be a top, barring something fucking nuts, a top eight pick in a draft where, again, lots of shit could change. You know, Nas Little went into last year's draft as a clear top four guy, ended up getting drafted like 30th. Shit happens. But there seems to be a pretty strong feeling that there's like seven or eight guys here that are real guys. So they're going to go into next. Again, they need to be competent. They, they need to make Obi Toppin and RJ Barrett, Mitchell Robinson. He's got to make these guys look good. Kevin Knox would be nice. Like, but they're one season away from going into the next season, make things off season. Very interesting. Um, And regarding the Dallas pick, and I hope Schwinn, I hope your ears are ringing somewhere out there. I have to say this. I am willing at this point to say with the moves that Portland has made, with the moves that, with the moves that um, Phoenix has made, and Golden State, I think will I think Golden State will still be okay because Steph Curry's that good, and I think they maybe got another something in them, like L.A., L.A., Denver, Utah, Portland, Phoenix. You I mean, who the hell knows with Houston, Golden State? Like, you see the vision, seven seed. 6 seed, 7 seed. That's oh, as much that as I can What? You think it's that, that high? That's as much as I could go right now. That's all I'm comfortable cuz I still think the kid's going to go into next season as um as the um, MVP, MVP frontrunner. frontrunner. Sure. Which I think if again, history says if you have that guy on your team, you're going to win however many games. Um so, but that a 7 seed in the West is the uh, especially with the way the east is shaping up shit i mean that's the fifth 16th
1: pick in the draft next year 16 17 something around there and if they again if they make it to a play-in game anything goes anything could happen and then you're looking at a team this could really go for any of them doesn't even have to go for the maps you could look at a team that's in the seventh seed that loses to the eighth seed and then has to play the winner of the nine and ten and if they lose two games they're out. They went from the seventh seed, which in a normal year right, would be listen, playoffs. We're getting nuts here. We're getting nuts here. But, but you know, that, that's just that's just the way it is I, now. That's here's, how
0: it here's, a, here's, how, here's how I'm closing this podcast out. Actually, no, I can't close. I'm going to close out the podcast. With one more thing, but <laughs> we've got 90 minutes and I haven't mentioned our sponsor. I think they're still our sponsor. I don't know if their ad run may have actually run uh, out yesterday and I may be giving them free advertising, but fuck it. Uh, My bookie, you've been hearing me talk about him for God knows how long. That's because they're awesome. Um, It's clear that 2020 has been a year unlike any other. Yeah, the Knicks re-signed out for Payton. This is why you need a sports book with offers unlike any other. Get some skin in the game with my bookie. Thanksgiving is three days away. I don't even know who's playing, but I know that I am going to want to put money on that so I don't have to sit and try to make conversation with the people that are in my house. Um, I'm going to do that with my bookie, obviously. Who else would I do it with? There's no shortage of value to be found in thousands of game lines, unique prop bets and contests that they offer every week. Um, full-fledged casino platform, um, and they don't kick you out. even when you've had one too many drinks, um, you know, lamenting uh, the next offseason unnecessarily. Uh, you could still go on my bookie and, and play some wagers. Best of all, use the promo code overtime OVERTIME to get your deposit matched halfway up to a thousand bucks. So if you put in $200, they'll give you um, a free hundred. It's winning season of my bookie. So come join in on all the fun and win some cash while you're at it. The last thing I'm going to say, Jeremy, <laughs> th- thank you for doing this for, for every week. You, you, just, you, you come back, you ask for more for reasons I couldn't possibly
1: fathom, but you do. Well, again, as you've said, this is our pod. Like, I can't go anywhere. We're, it's our pod. We are the Siamese twins that I talked about. Oh, I'll, God. I thought
0: you yeah. were going to make a sex joke with no. that before well. But <laughs> you <laughs> are the Alfred I, I, I Payton the to my Sorry.
1: Julius Randall, John. Oh god. Um here's
0: the last thing I'm gonna say. If they somehow, if they somehow finagle away to get a future first round pick out of Charlotte and take on Nicholas Batum by the time this offseason is over, I can officially say it. This will be the greatest Knicks off season of my lifetime. And I don't think it's particularly close. So there that's yeah. that's what i'm gonna say um all right this is this has been fun uh thank you everybody anything you want to say before we get out of here
1: um let's just be patient a little bit more i mean who we didn't see this river signing coming into play they're not done yet. Um, they're not done we they're got a little done. bit more time that's why i said earlier it just feels incomplete we don't know the full story yet and it'll be something to monitor because sure there's kate cunningham but as you said a lot of great prospects out there too. So, um,
0: you know what's better that, than watching than watching a whole season? Looking forward to Kate Cunningham is watching a whole season where the basketball isn't absolutely atrocious. Yeah, looking forward to Kate Cunningham, and I think I think with this roster, they will avoid absolutely atrocious basketball. I don't know how high above absolutely atrocious they'll get, but
1: well, we're watching the foundation being built, and it's it's not the best or it's not, you know, players who are old enough to really get to that point where they're elevating their games, but we can see it and it's, it's fun and the losing will suck, but it's a short season. So we can suck it up, but again, we'll, we'll see what other pieces are coming in and uh, we'll go from there. And also for for those of you who are watching, you've probably noticed my feeble attempt at growing a mustache this month. I am doing Movember. Mm -hmm. If you have the opportunity to donate to a good cause, I'm doing for prostate cancer, Certainly recommend it. So um, I'm going to leave it with that and we'll see how the rest of the off season shakes out. I'm sure we'll be, we will be right back at this uh, a week from now.
0: Sounds good, man. Um, this was a blast, everybody. Thank you for uh, listening uh, to the next film school podcast, another episode of the next film school podcast. Um, sorry, I yelled, uh, but I love you all. You're all my family. You know that. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week.